welcome to our podcast of two fish and five loaves. We pray for edification, we pray for understanding, and we pray for a relationship in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. David Owens, Reverend David Owens, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Two Fish and Five Loaves. Our goal is centered around uplifting the name of Jesus Christ, and we desire that you come to a knowledge and a save of the saving grace of Jesus Christ through our conversations of faith. Uh, we all come to an understanding of faith through the practice of our different practices and experiences. Uh, it is through our sharing of our experiences their relationships grow, and the body of Christ is edified or strengthened. So let's talk. My guest today is Reverend uh, Gregory Johnson. Uh, he is a retired uh, pastor from the Methodist movement, and uh, he is my brother and my friend. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, David. How are you today? I'm fine. I'm fine, my brother. Um I know that my my brother is the first question when I ask regarding what your faith is, Christian, Jewish, and Muslim. I know my brother is a Christian. I know he's more than a Christian. He is a follower of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to let you I'm going to let you talk about that a little bit, my brother. Your uh, your your faith and uh, how you come to your understanding of your faith through your experiences. Well, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, he's my Savior and my Lord, and actually he's a Savior and the Lord for the whole world. I, I just had the privilege to wake up to that knowledge. Um, that knowledge came initially by three other brothers uh, in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus who shared him with me uh, while I was in the Army. And that was on the 21st of March, uh, 1986, um, mm. when that happened. Well, anyway... Um, Holy Spirit used those three brothers uh, to bring me to Christ and to come to have an understanding of uh, God as my father. And that's progressed into a point where I, I look at God as my dad, my daddy, too. So it's not just this authoritative figure, mm. but someone that cares about me and loves me, uh, can play with me, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but also um, has a, 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 a place for me and his kingdom, as well as uh, a way to uh, help groom me into the man of God in Christ Jesus, he would like me to be. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that's, it's been some difficult times in my life that uh, he's gotten me through, and there's been some great times in my life that he uh, provided for me. Uh, so it's not like everything's a bowl of cherry and cream, but life is what life is. and I don't know how anyone can get through life uh, mm. without faith in God. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it's not just the good times, but it was uh, the, the, the valleys, too, in my life that I've come to really appreciate God. Mm. You know, you, you spoke of a very important thing that a lot of times is missing in our uh, church practices. And, and um, I know that sometimes you, you feel as though the church, the organized church, does not go far enough. Um but you spoke about relationships, and it's, it's, it's more than him just being somebody that lords over us and gives us commandments. 
it's a relationship that a father has with his children, just as you know you have relationships with your with with your children. They know that they can come to you because they know that you love them. But they also they also know that sometimes they have to work walk circumspectly uh, because you don't take any foolishness. Right, 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 right. And and, and a lot of that is, you, you know, you talk about commands, um, and, and the commandments were were to help me uh, to set some boundaries in my life. You know, um, there. You know, I like watching football, and I love Philadelphia Eagles. I know you're a Cowboy fan. I'll forgive you for that. But there, there's certain boundaries. Even the field itself is a boundary, okay? And then, of course, there's different rules that the players uh, go by to play that particular sport. Um, so, that, so sometimes there are things that God just knows are not good for us, uh, and they're not part of his character and his nature as being our father. Um, they're certainly not the character and nature of Jesus Christ. Anything outside of Jesus Christ um, that's not within the realm of who he is and what he does is not good for me to become or for me to do, more or less anyone else, to include uh, the church and even those outside the church. Um, so, you know, when I say outside the church, um, you know, being a city boy from North Philadelphia, um, we I know beyond a doubt that you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. Okay, and people know that, and they don't necessarily have to know Jesus to know that principle works uh, in their lives. So God God means these things for good for all of humanity, to, um, mm-hmm. but especially those who choose to follow him, uh, follow Jesus as Savior and Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. I, now, um, obviously, we know that you are a, a retired um, pastor that, you went to the you were you were involved in a lot of churches. And I know in, in the Methodist movement they have you moving around. So you've been to a couple of churches. Um and the next question that I was going to ask was regarding the practice of your faith. How do you practice your faith? And obviously you practice your faith by passing over churches, but it's a little bit more and I I know your story, but because there's things that you continue to do to reflect Jesus in your life. Now tell me about some of the things that you're doing. Oh, I have a very um, deep-rooted desire to help men become men of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, And those those men can be uh, little boys all the way to older, gray-haired grandfather types. Um, But there's something about um, having a strong man, uh, a strong man of God in Christ Jesus that um, I don't know that we have enough of them or see enough of it in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, to, even for myself, you know, um, just to have that modeled out in flesh and blood and real life uh, lives in front of me to, to to see what it's like for a man to, to treat a woman and how to be a, a father and daddy, mm-hmm. um, how to conduct himself in the world accordingly, uh, how to uh, practice a good form of uh, business sense or vocational sense, and, mm-hmm. um, and, the, and to have all honesty and faithfulness and truthfulness and integrity in his dealings. Um, whether it's to help someone that you don't know or to uh, uh, admonish someone that you do know, just because mm-hmm. you like them and love them and want the best for them. And obviously God's uh, best for them is always the best for them. Um, mm-hmm. And to help people see that. Now, in my own faith, you mentioned being in different churches. 
Um, one of the uh, challenges I faced was pretty much everywhere I went as a person of color, I was their first uh, clergy of color, and it was a predominantly white um, mm-hmm. annual conference that I, uh, the Susquehanna conference that uh, I served in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just being from a different uh, racial ethnic background mm-hmm. was challenges uh, in that. But Jesus transcends that. He has come to make a kingdom and a priesthood of many nations, with many families, of many races, of many languages. So God transcends our difficulties in, in our situations, whether they be something as uh, deep-rooted as racism or just uh, other biases that have nothing to do with mm-hmm. race. Uh, mm-hmm. God, can, God transcends that. So yeah. Um, yeah. those are things I've seen uh, as challenges, but I've also seen God has... Uh, work through me, but also in others uh, around me uh, to get through those challenges. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, what you do is you raise a very good point because I know that ethnicities have a issue of always claiming Jesus is there. He's totally, hmm. you know, if you're black, he's totally black. He looks like Shaka Zulu. Or sure. He's white, <laughs> or he's white, he's Totally European. Yeah. You know, he looks like... Like Tab Hunter, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, like Tab Hunter. You know, you go yeah. to North uh-huh. Philadelphia, that's all you see. Jesus is pictures of Tab Hunter. Right. The, 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 the point of the matter is that we kind of get caught up in that minutia that, hey, I, he's got to be this or he's got to be Jesus is everything to every people. And, and that comes from the, the great I am, that I am. I, that you, I think you and I were talking about the other day. That I am, I am everything you will ever need. I am what you need, mm-hmm. and that that he presents himself to blacks as a black. He presents himself to whites as a white. He presents himself to Asians as an Asian. He embodies all races because we are all part of that body of Christ. That uh, and and the exclusion of any one of them from that particular race, it's kind of you know it grieves the Holy Spirit. Um, I am in total agreement with that. I, I think that we really ought to stop doing some of that stuff. Uh, stop telling, stop, stop saying who Jesus is, and just say what He is. Jesus is Lord. That's who He is. That's the role. Um, you know, whether He's a black Lord or a white Lord, I'm not, that's my nature. I don't want to deal in that. I just want to deal with my Lord. Um, let Him tell me who I am instead of me telling Him who He is. Mm. Uh, yeah, you know, so, so yes, we believe. Now, I know you, you spoke a little bit earlier about um, your, your, your practice of your faith and it's led you to some difficult and challenging times. You know, I myself know know some of the, the experiences that uh, you've gone through, but is there anything that you want to share in particular where you really felt the hand of God on you as you were going through some difficult times? Oh, one specific uh, is the death of my adult son, uh, Nathaniel. Um, he um, believed in Jesus, so I was able to uh, take his death in a different way. You know, a lot of folks say no parents should bury their uh, children. And all things being equally, the norm in our society is the children bury their parents. That's no one wants anyone to die in their lives, but that's usually how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this particular sense, uh, that the, the events surrounding my son's death, uh, to include um, his actual dying, um, um, 
being with him at that time when he uh, we had to take him off the ventilator. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he was going to fly, he was going to fly. If he wasn't, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, I knew he was going to be okay. Either he'd have that healing that he needed to have to be with us, or he would have that healing uh, he would need to have to be with Jesus. Um, my loss, of course, in, um, uh, was his gain. Um, or his gain, rather, was my loss. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I know one day I can go and be with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in a more glorious time, uh, a time where there'll be no more sadness or hurt or pain or tears. Yes. Uh, so I look forward to that reunion one day. Um, but the Lord was definitely in just different things. And I could go through the specifics of it, but it's just to let you know that God is personal. He's relational. He walks through that with me. Uh, he'll walk through your difficulty times with you. Doesn't mean they'll always turn out right. My son did die. I wanted my son to be with me. But mm-hmm. it didn't turn out the way, when I say right, it didn't turn out the way I would want it. Um, and it doesn't always do that. Uh, God doesn't always do that. Um, but at the same hand, he promised to go through the valley of the shadow of death with us. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. And in that, we don't have to fear death anymore. We don't have to fear. We can have peace and comfort and assurances. And certainly, if he can do that with me in my situation, then he can do it with me in anything I face today or tomorrow. And I can both tell folks that they too can have that same experience of God walking with them through the, their valley of the mm-hmm. shadow of death. Because we're all going to face something in our lives. Mm-hmm. None of us are immune to it, from it. And uh, certainly some people can go through it without God, but what a terrible uh, loss for them to not have gone through some difficulties and come mm-hmm. to see a God that cares and loves and provides and see his peace and uh, experience his grace. Mm. Um, as well as his power and his strength. Um, so, yeah, the, that that would be the most uh, deepest valley of my most recent history that I can point to and see that God uh, was with me and uh, was very present at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, one one of the things that, um, that I myself believe is uh, when God allows us to go through some dark and troubling times, is that when he's the most present, um, or that's when we're attuned to him being the most present? As we go through our good times, you know, we have money in our pockets, we, we look and smell good. We don't often think about the blessings that God has given us. But it's some of the times when we're going through our darkest moments in our lives that we can see that the clouds are dark, dark but there is a glimpse of light kind of shining through the clouds. Um, I think that's when, the, when God is most present when we are in most sorrow. And, 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 and usually that's when we're most human. Mm-hmm. Uh, if God is a creator, uh, he created us from the dust of the earth and he breathed into us so that we became living souls, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, as depicted in the Genesis creation account with Adam, then we're not immune from difficult times. And certainly... You say, well, you know, you hear why did God let this bad thing happen to these good people? Well, bad things are going to happen just because we, you know, we have fallen and, you know, we're disobedient, we're sinful, and God has provided redemption for us and allowed us to have that uh, understanding of his redeeming love, not just his creative love, 
um, as, as as the creator, but also the one that sought us and helps us to, to 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 come back to him. So when we have these difficult times, some folks can choose to look at uh, why did you let this bad thing happen, mm-hmm. or how are you getting me through this. But either way, people direct their attention to God. Very rarely um, does somebody not direct their attention to God in a difficult mm. time. Mm. Um, um, so when, you know, we say, you know, is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? Um, some people will say, you know, the, the same sun that uh, uh, bakes clay is the same sun that melts butter. So mm. is it the clay or the, is it the sun's mm. fault or is it the clay or the butter's? because of who they are, what they do, and how they receive that light, that warmth, that sun, that butter. Uh, To become that butter, to have your heart melted, or to have your heart hardened like clay. Um, But either way, God is there. And God makes himself present through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So are we going to be too numb to, to, to feel God or experience God? Are we going to be hard and reject God? Or are we going to embrace God as mm-hmm. we continue on, to not only through the difficulties, but usually at the end of the valley, you climb out and there's a, a broad field. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is a, a hope for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, um, um, a, another uh, day that the sun will come up on your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so Experiencing God in that in those valleys um, and having your honest thoughts, you know, if you're upset or angry, to mm-hmm. tell God you're upset or angry, you know, mm-hmm. um, to tell God it hurts, you know, why? And it's not yeah. wrong to ask God why did this happen, yeah. but but to express those things, to lament, if you would, those things to God is part of our human existence and part of our relation with God. Um, certainly with my own son, it wasn't all, again, a bowl of cherries and green. There were times when he was angry with me and times I was angry with him. There were times when he hurt me and there were times when I hurt him. Um, but yet still, he's my son. Uh, yeah. Even even to this day, now that he's not on this earth with me, he's still my son. Um, yeah. So God kind of lets me see in that relationship to my son, my physical son, how my relationship is with him as his son. Um, but even more importantly, that Jesus, the only begotten Son, last time I checked, the story is that He was crucified, yeah. <laughs> and God knows that kind of loss, that mm-hmm. kind of pain, uh, as a Father. Okay, mm-hmm. Jesus experienced it as a human. So mm-hmm. when we talk about having this relationship with God, it's God took some of these kind of pains and sorrows upon Himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, and that's part of the redemption uh, that we have. Um, yeah. Not only the good things, like you were saying, the, the wealth and the riches and the glory and the, the provisions uh, that God gives us. They're here for us to enjoy their blessings that are be given with thanksgiving. And certainly Christ, you know, like you said, has been given a name above all names, King of kings and Lord of lords. Yeah. Um, and we will bow our knee to him and confess that with our tongue. But at the same time, if you truly accept that, he will enter into his bounty, uh, not only in the life to come, but in this life now, too. There, there are just some good things in life that we would never know about or experience if we don't allow ourselves to recognize Christ uh, in our lives, especially in those times that are what we would call a valley of the shadow of death in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, 
um, I know that there are instances. You, know, you, you, you and I are both ministers of the gospel. Now, but I know there's most there's a lot of instances where we come into um, into the presence of somebody that doesn't believe, and not only doesn't believe um, because they don't know, but doesn't believe because they don't want to know. Mm-hmm. And uh, because obviously, if they if they if, if everybody believed, we'd be out of business, and we'd all be, all be in glory right now. Sure. But, but, the, but the but the point is, there are those who we approach that don't believe, and they're so vigorous in their rejection of Jesus as Lord, um, maybe even God, uh, God the Father. But they're so rejecting that, and it's, they get angry with you. I mean, it's one thing when you go to approach somebody and tell them and they just don't believe you. But they just actually get angry with you. It's like as if they're saying, I don't believe your story. Make me believe. Make me believe. Because if you don't, I have no hope. Uh, mm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, that, that category of person, um, I found somewhere along the line they have had uh, a deep wound or a uh, series of wounds, whether it was the church or an experience, uh, what they perceived to be from the hand of God, or and or from the church. And sometimes uh, the worst enemy of Jesus is found within the walls of the church building, uh, you know, from his followers. Uh, we're not immune from doing some bad, uh, evil, mean things uh, to people. Um, or someone that they really cared about, loved, and looked to for uh, nurturing uh, and protection, and they, in fact, were the source of their greatest pain. Um, obviously, there's a lot of abuse in the world. Um, but usually somebody that's that passionate against Christ, there's something um, very deep um, that uh, caused them to be that way. I don't think they just woke up and said, you know what, I'm going to be a, a strong antagonistic uh, person towards uh, Jesus Christ. I don't think they just woke up and did that. Um, mm-hmm. So there, to be honest with you, that kind of passion, to be honest, you have to have far from the kingdom if somehow another Holy Spirit uh, can break that wall for them. Um, mm-hmm. If you remember, Jesus said, I wish you were hot or cold. Right. Right. But because right. you're lukewarm, I spew you out yeah. my mouth. You know, pretty much I'll vomit you. Okay. Um, so that coldness towards them, it's not, it's like the uh, uh, the sine wave. It's like the negative half of a sine wave. There's a deep amount of passion which should that person come to the knowledge and saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as, as Savior and Lord. That passion then can be flipped to be such a positive passion. Um, Saul on the road to Damascus, you mentioned that to me recently, you know, how he went from persecuting the Christians to becoming the greatest defender uh, known to the Gentile church uh, in our day and age, you know. Uh, he became uh, the person that uh Holy Spirit used to write what is basically half of the New Testament uh, right. he's been attributed to. So that kind of passion um, is there for God to utilize and to turn them into this wonderful saint. Uh, of his, this child, this man, this woman of his. Uh, and again, for whatever hurt they have, they'll experience that depth of God's love and grace in their life. Mm-hmm. Once, you know, they allow themselves to, to see God through a different set of lenses. 
um, or the Holy Spirit breaks through that. Um, God can go to that deepest depth of whatever that pain may be uh, or a series of pain that that individual had experienced. So in that person, there's a lot of hope uh, I have for a person like that. And so it's the ambivalent, uh, the apathetic uh, uh, person towards anything that faith. It's kind of right. hard to move them either way. Right. And I'm not saying we're trying to move them physically, but to share something with them. Right. Um, and they just, ah, okay, that's good for you. You know, that's that's the person I find to have the most uh, uh, challenging aspect of sharing mm-hmm. um, with. So, yeah. Um, sharing, I think, though, for me, is because I believe the Lord's going to come back soon. Um, you know, I, I always say he's going to come, be, come back before, you know, all things being equal, I turn 80 years old. So, right. you know, anything being, you know, 17 years, I believe Jesus is going to be walking around the earth in his Nikes, okay? Right, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but, so that kind of motivates me to help share Jesus. There's a lot of things that uh, a pastor, um, and I talk more about being his follower today as opposed to being a pastor of the church today, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's not because I'm retired. Uh, my first call is to him as an individual, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, towards my family, uh, and then, of course, towards about my vocation, maybe, which, of mm-hmm. course, I was called to, to be an elder in the United Methodist Church. Um, so my first call is to be his follower. Um, but within the context of his body, his uh, uh, called out ones, his church, um, to help them grow and be empowered to share Jesus. We can do a lot of good things, and so we should as the church, as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. But our main good thing is to help share Jesus in a way that people can make a decision for him, to clear out as many of the obstacles as possible um, so that they can have Jesus in front mm-hmm. of them and then make him make a decision about who he is, what he does, and who he's going to be and what he's going to do or not do for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once they make that decision, then we, we can in, uh, encourage them and instruct them uh, and, and, and come along beside them so they can learn to make those kind of decisions every day mm-hmm. uh, in every aspect of their lives, with every dealing with every other human being that they have dealings with. Um, is the church successful in that? Not 100%. No, none of us are. I'm not. Okay, but yet that's who we're called to be and who we're called to do is eventually figure out a way to reach someone so that they can hear the good news, the gospel mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ in their life, as well as the uh, traditional accepted uh, truth of who Jesus Christ is. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus isn't uh, Santa Claus, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, he's a flesh and blood uh, Jewish carpenter who is also a Jewish rabbi who becomes a savior for the whole world, both Gentile and Jew. Uh, mm. He is the Alpha and the Omega, but yet still, he's our friend. Um, he's right. holy in righteousness, but he doesn't mind associating with the drunkard or wine bibber or the glutton or the person that eats too much, okay, regardless of whatever negative connotation we want to put upon human beings, Jesus does not mind being there with those human beings and being a friend and showing them who he is and offering them an opportunity to follow him Mm -hmm. after he shows who he is and he shows the goodness of who God is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So 
That's like that main thing that we as a church should do. I as a pastor should do. I as a follower of Jesus Christ should do is to help people see who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Um, we uh, we know you and I know we we've had very many congregations about the I mean conversations about the church and you know I believe there's the church the body of Christ and then there's the organized church the places of assembly that we attend. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that the organized church can beat and bruise people <laughs> mm-hmm. and beat and bruise their own. Um, how do you relate or do you do, do you do deal with someone who has been badly beaten by the church, the organized church? Mm. Well, that's a really good question. Historically, what I've done is to try to be that person's friend. Now, that doesn't mean I need to be their buddy-buddy and pal around with them necessarily when I say friend. But to, to, to show the kind of care and concern that's genuine, okay, that person needs to know that they can trust you mm-hmm. and, and trust you at different various levels within their lives on, on, on many different subjects in their lives. You know, they may trust me more in one area like they do in another. But my task is to, at that point, is to try to be this person's friend and come alongside them and um, allow them the opportunity to get to know me as well so that they can entrust me in certain areas as well, that they'll have confidence uh, Mm -hmm. in me uh, to share some things. Because ultimately, you know, I want to be able to share, you know, what is it that – uh, has caused that bruising. What what happened to you? Uh, mm-hmm. What is it that we did as the church uh, that caused you to have this rift with the church that you don't mm-hmm. want to associate with it anymore? Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I can make it right for them, but as the church, I can can say, well, I'm part of the church too, and maybe I can apologize for what my brothers or sisters did to you, but that's not every man or woman mm-hmm. in the church. We mm-hmm. all aren't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the ways I, I, I kind of go is like, okay, let's say you go and you have a bad experience with a doctor. All right. And you can sue them. You, know, you can go, go to another discipline and get a lawyer. Okay. And sue them. Okay. Sooner or later, you're going to get sick again in your life. Are you going to swear off of all doctors because one mm-hmm. doctor um, you had a bad experience with one doctor. Mm. Not, you know, nine out of ten chances, I would say that person is going to go see a doctor somewhere mm. in their life again. They're going to risk that again. Okay, it's just unfortunate that the church um, does hurt people, but it's also unfortunate that people have a misconception and misunderstanding that the church is supposed to be perfect, especially pastors. Mm-hmm. I mean, recently we've heard of all this stuff that's been going on with child abuse, sexual abuse in the church committed by clergy people, yeah. clergy men specifically. Yeah. That's a hard thing for a person to get over to trust a pastor. And rightfully mm-hmm. so. It's very human to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But on the same hand, that doesn't mean every pastor is like that. It doesn't mean every pastor mm-hmm. is going to hurt you. And I'm not saying you have to have a pastor, but you need to be in a fellowship somewhere um, right. to, to, because there's gifts that that body of believers have that you need, uh, that the person needs, and that that person 
who is hurt has a gift from God that that body of believers need. Uh, we need each other. There's some God made it that way. I didn't make it that way. That's not my idea of doing things. <laughs> if it were me, I'd be larger in charge, and it's my way or the highway. Okay? <laughs> but, but that's not how God does things. He wants us to be together in things. So uh, we do have an enemy, um, sometimes known as Satan, the devil, evil forces, uh, dark powers, and they would seek to pick on us, separate us, and then uh, keep us separated. Um, yeah. You know, kind of like a lion that chases a herd of zebra. They pick the one that's off uh, by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually that's the one that gets eaten. That's the one that gets consumed. That's the one that gets destroyed. And it's not a whole lot different with us. Um, yes, the, the organized church, the spiritual church, is still the church, okay? I don't separate them from not being a church. I just see the organized church sometimes is more consumed with itself. Mm. Where the spiritual church is more concerned with Jesus. How do I share Jesus with others? Mm. And I'm not saying that's like that clear cut and that black and white. Um, yeah. But just in general, that's kind of how humanity is. We, we, we're survivalists. We look out for ourselves. We're a little more self-centered, self-focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying it's wrong to look out for yourself. I'm just saying the ultimate goal of the church is to yeah. share Jesus with others. Mm. Mm. Now, 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 I know you're a preacher. You, know, you and I are both preachers. So I'm going to ask you a very, very difficult question. Can you describe your relationship with Jesus Christ in a few words? <laughs> it's the one thing in my life I would never deny if asked you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's the most precious thing in my life um, and it's evolving and ongoing my relationship with Christ was uh, great yesterday it's better today and I anticipate it being even better tomorrow yeah. uh, um, so in a few words or less it's the best thing that has ever happened to me it's the best thing that is happening to me and I truly believe it will be the best thing that will happen to me Mm. It's my relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. I have a brother, and, and this is going to be the final question. Um, uh, you are transposed. I'm going to put you uh, low some 2,000, 2,100 years, uh, 2,100 years in the past, and you are taking the place of the Apostle Paul. Um, so what is Greg Johnson? closing argument to why people should come to Jesus. You have within yourself a sense of something that is beyond your life today. Mm. We know, we've seen people die. They're no longer here with us. And we have a sense they've gone beyond that place, which is our everyday existence. Mm -hmm. I believe that place beyond is the place where God is. Mm. And God 
has broken into our place in this space that we know here mm-hmm. through the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, will you allow yourself the opportunity to talk with Jesus, mm-hmm. to listen to his words, to experience who he is, and then decide whether or not you want to follow him into that place beyond mm-hmm. our everyday existence. Because yeah. one day, somebody's going to be talking about you going beyond <laughs> into yeah. that place beyond yeah. our existence. Yeah. So, yeah. that would be my closing argument. Yeah. All right, but brother, I, I know we, we've talked a lot. You know, the time is really shot past. Um, I, first of all, I want to say um, during all the conversation, is there anything else that sparked you during this conversation or touched you that, you know, you want to share more with um, with, with the uh, our people who are listening today? Well, if you tune into um, David's podcast, I would tell to you that that is the Holy Spirit that has led you there. Um, Holy Spirit will lead you into places, and you might not know it's Holy Spirit leading you into places. Mm. Allow yourself to kind of be like a uh, a radio or or a TV station uh, where you have a dial inside of you, and you mm. tuned into this po- podcast, tune mm. into Holy Spirit. He's not going to keep himself hidden from you if you feel like he's hiding. Okay, um, but keep tuning in, keep pursuing, keep looking until yeah. you find whatever it is that you're looking for in God, because God will reveal you, reveal himself to you. Jesus will reveal himself to you. He is a rewarder than the diligently seeking. So if you're a believer, keep seeking him. If you don't believe, keep seeking whatever it is that you're looking for with yeah. a true heart, okay, an honest effort. Okay, uh, and trying to do as much good as you can. And if you continue to seek God, he, God will reveal himself to you. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he wants you more than you want him. Yes, yes, yes. I want to thank my my guest, my brother, Reverend Dr. Greg Johnson. Um, I would love to say I have some parting gifts for him for participation today. But uh, we're just going to share this gift of Christ. <laughs> in, closing, <laughs> in closing, I want to remind you that Jesus is Lord. God bless oh, yeah. you. Have a great day. Amen. Thank you for listening. Our prayer is that you return and listen to our additional episodes. God bless you. Have a great day.